Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Stand Up For The Truth. Fear not. Continue to trust in Jesus Christ, friends, and we will be fine. Our God is in control, and He is sovereign over all things, all events, people, places, and uh, we trust Him. Let's go to Him in prayer before we open up today's podcast. Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us another opportunity in this in this country where we have religious freedoms, we can talk openly on the radio and even in the public square to some degree, although that is being threatened. But we thank you, Lord, for the freedoms we have here. We try not to take them for granted. And uh, we know that you have had your hand on this nation in the past, but, Lord, we need to repent and come back to you. Too much sin in the camp. And, Father, help us convict our hearts and use whatever you will use to bring your people to repentance and back to you, Lord, whether you use this pandemic or whether you use something else in the future, Father, have mercy on us, Lord. God save America. Uh, But, Lord, we ask that you would just um, use your people, believers in Christ around the world, to take this opportunity as many are panicking and freaking out. um, Help us to remember the truth that we can point them to and an eternal hope in Christ and help us continue to be on that solid foundation we know that uh, we will not be shaken if, if we are setting our hearts and minds on you. We lift up this hour to you. Thank you so much for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. It seems like end times signs are happening at a breathtaking pace these days, and Bible prophecies are being fulfilled to some degree uh, worldwide. And uh, now, now is a good time to consider digging deeper into God's Word and sharpening one another. Our mission remains the same. Preach the word in season and out of season. And remember to love your neighbor during this time. Um, We should have plenty of opportunities in the weeks and months to come. Today's guest, we're excited to have him for the first time. Bill Perkins founded Compass International in 1993 with his wife Susie. The purpose of this evangelical Idaho-based ministry is to sharpen believers in Christ and defend the accuracy of the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. Compass International offers email Bible studies, articles, trips to Israel, Bible lands, uh, cruises, missionary outreach. They also organize Stealing the Mind Bible conferences, which many of the guests that we've had on Stand Up for the Truth have been speakers there. Um, They bring together top Christian speakers to hammer away on difficult and timely issues. And that's what we're going to do this morning with Bill Perkins. Welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, Bill. Thanks for having me, David. You're very welcome. We appreciate you. Um, And so much work that you do after going through your website in the last week or so. It's amazing. And I've been looking at the Steel on Steel books. Amazing. I'll highly recommend them to our audience. But let's start with the um, going back to, was it 1993 when you and your wife founded Compass International? Can we hear a little bit about your background and your testimony bringing you to that point? Well, I, you know, I spent my first 20 years, I didn't realize it at the time, but I spent my first 20 years as sort of preparatory for ministry. Uh, I was an entrepreneur. I did a lot of a lot of different things. Uh, and when I was in college, my last year or two in at, at Auburn University in the South, War Eagle, anybody listening? <laughs> I, I uh, ended up my senior year owning four girls' dormitories at the time, is what you called them, you know. And and uh, so I operated those as uh, just in business. And, and by the time I got married a year or two later, my wife made me sell those dorms because I wasn't a Christian. And <laughs> you can imagine the, the things that go on with that kind of stuff. But anyway, the... <laughs> The, from there, I, I did a lot of different things. I started a restaurant, sold it. I started an oil company and sold it. I started a, um, a town, townhouse development company, you know, and we built townhouses. And then we went into construction, built houses. And, you know, every few years, it was just something different. In fact, my wife was on my 10-year anniversary. Was I thought, well, we've been doing pretty good. And she was 
complaining. I said, well, you know, I, I look at it as everything's up and down. You know, it's one thing to another, and one one phone call, one check means, means all the difference in the world. And my dad was an architect, and everything was just smooth. You know, everything was normal all the time, and then all this up and down stuff is really new to me. But but anyway, the point was is that that through it all, I've learned um, a lot about advertising. I ended up doing a couple of TV stations in Colorado, and the 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 thing that that you have to understand in advertising is, and I'm sure that a lot of your people that are listening to this can relate that um, in advertising you have to be able to uh, explain in an advertisement the benefit of what you're selling, not what you're selling, but the benefit of what you're selling. Yes. You know, once you once you get that and sell the benefit, then then the advertising becomes uh, easier, or not easier, but more effective, let's say. So the, cutting my teeth on all of that, then uh, fast forward to by the time I, I did some healthcare things, and, and I actually did conferences, which is interesting, medical conferences for a while. Um, we live in Colorado, and, and I ended up feeling a burden to, you know, we got saved about three years after we were married, so most of my career was was from uh, somewhat of a Christian perspective. I was still growing and making mistakes as we all do, you know. And, but ultimately, um, I got I just kind of felt the tug that I should get into ministry, you know. And I couldn't find really what I was looking for. Um, looking around, I finally ended up a guy named Chuck Missler asked me to come uh, help him get his ministry started. So, so we. Picked up, sold out our, everything. I had two kids at the time that were born in Colorado, and we moved to Idaho, where his uh, ministry was based. And I worked for him for three months. <laughs> That's as long as I lasted. Uh, not that he had a great ministry and all, but it's hard for an entrepreneur to work for somebody else, and it's hard for me to to look at something that needed to be changed or whatever, you know, and, and not be able to do anything about it or be re, you know kind of part of my life is identified with them and that kind of thing. So. I just moved. We'd already moved up here to, to uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So I just said, Chuck, I, I think I'd do better if I just uh, did my own ministry and I can still help you and do the things you need help with. And uh, so we did. We started Compass at, at that time, 93, to do two things. It was to uh, defend the Bible through um, conferences and then to see the Bible through uh, the, you know going to Israel and seeing the sites because it makes such a impact on your life i mean when you see the bible when you see what you're reading and you go around israel and see all these places it just affects you it changes you it affects everything about you so those those two things is that's what we um set out to do and we're still doing them today that's that's basically all we've been doing we we've been through now this is the third what you might call downturn uh third test there was uh, one after nine one one, and there was one in two thousand eight nine when everything kind of crashed, and and now this coronavirus uh, thing, um, real or perceived, it's there, you know, and you have mm-hmm. to deal with the uh, what what you have to deal with. But um, it's just fascinating to, to look back through the years and to think uh, that we started twenty seven years ago, and, wow. and, uh, <laughs> and still still doing the same thing. I mean, it's. It's uh, only only God could uh, have orchestrated it. It's nothing that we're smart enough to do or anything like that. We just were trying to be willing vessels through the years. So, so that's that. Yeah, thank you, Bill. I was looking at the list of speakers you've had at Stealing the Mind conferences, and I'm I see a dozen, at least a dozen, right away of guests that we've had on Stand Up for the Truth. So, as I said before, we got on the air. Uh, great minds think alike, but. Um, you mentioned something, and I want to talk about Compass TV as well, but you mentioned something uh, about the coronavirus uh, being real or perceived, and I came across your post over at compass.org, Being Wise in a Wicked World, and I scrolled down. It's quite an extensive article, thank you, um, posted at a doctor's office today. It says, Every election year has a disease. Go, and every two years, or let's see, four, eight, okay, four years in one case, SARS, then there's avian, swine flu, MERS, uh, Ebola, then 21KA, I'm not sure what that was, Ebola again, and then coronavirus. Very interesting, but it says coronavirus has a cure rate of 99.7%. This was posted at a doctor's office, and I'd love for you to touch on that, kind of to calm people's fears, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. 
Well, there's no doubt the coronavirus is, is scary for people my age if you're in a compromised immune system. It's, mm-hmm. You know, you could very easily die. If, you're, if you've had an operation and you're on drugs, you know, to say a heart transplant or something like that, you know. But, but at the same time, you just have to keep the perspective that last year um, we had, I think, 13,000 people or depends on how you want to interpret the data, but but um, 13,000 people died of the flu mm-hmm. in the United States. And that's just, and it kills mostly old people, and it sweeps through. And so, but but looking at these big, what they call pandemics, you got to realize that, that we're not up against flesh and blood. We're we're living in the latter days. This is that's what the Bible says. The Bible says you know the church age is going to last about 2,000 years. And it started in 33 A.D., and, I mean, we're coming right up to the end of this thing, and, and Satan's pulling out all the stops. He's not hiding in the closet anymore, and, and we're not up against people. We're up against what he's doing, and there's not a lot because we know that ultimately uh, he gets control of this planet. That's mm-hmm. what the Bible says, and he gets his seven years shot at it, you know, um, three and a half to kind of match what, what Jesus had on the, on the earth. So. So knowing that, you have to keep your head screwed on right during these things, especially in an election year. Mm-hmm. All those pandemics that you just read were in election years. Yes. And there's something about that that you just can't put your hand on, uh, your, your, get your arms around. Think about this, too. Here's President Trump, who was, the economy was roaring. Uh, you know, he, he got through the, uh, uh, the uh, conviction, you know, the charges, impeachment, brought against, yes, uh, impeachment, all that stuff, and so, you know, he's he's rolling, and he was going to be reelected by he could have gotten almost every state by the time if this had kept going, you know, and it's almost if you could make a case, and you don't know, and and I will probably never know, you could make a case that the the people that are really closest to Satan, and I'll put it, they don't necessarily know that they are, but that the world elites, the world. Um, uh, people, the, um, uh, they they would rather tank the entire economy of the world than allow Trump to be reelected. That's the way they think. Mm-hmm. That's what they're, you know. Yes. So they they mainly just fan the flames of something that's that's already there. It's but it's not that big a deal because it's the same thing we have every year, which is the flu, which kills people, which kills the older people, which are you know the older you are and the sicker you are, the more likely the flu can kill you. So it's not that much difference. Now, it's a little more scary in that you, there's nothing you can do if you can't get a ventilator. You know, if, you're, if you get this thing and it starts filling you know, stuff in your lungs and that kind of thing, then, you know, there's a few parts of this one that's a little bit different than a normal flu. But realistically, the average person is, um, shouldn't be that concerned. Now, President Trump's reacting to this whole thing, and he's doing a good job. And I, I personally think he will be reelected. And I personally think that, that God elected him or you know, brought, gave him as a gift to us to stop, you know, it was progressing too quickly. You know, the, the takeover by Satan was just going a little bit too quickly. Yeah. And, and he allowed him to come in, you know. And, and so uh, I can't imagine us having Hillary as a, as a president for the last um, I don't. Is it okay to talk like this? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> Bill. And by the way, we're speaking with Bill Perkins, founder of Compass International. We know the left would have done anything in their power to get anybody in the White House except for Donald Trump. But it seems like, particularly with this pandemic based in Wuhan, China, it just seems like this was not something that our um, liberal Democrats created or or, uh, masterminded. It seems like this was more like a global thing, a push to a one world government. There's a lot of you can call them conspiracy theories. There's a lot of um, speculation out there as to why this started and how you're right. The American economy was was doing amazing record level um, on ev- almost everything. Unemployment uh, was low. Jobs were high. The just different people groups were uh, just doing very, very well economically. So this is really an amazing thing. I'd love for you to speculate a minute or two more, Bill, about this wasn't necessarily the work of the Democrats in Washington, the ones that have been trying to impeach President Trump. This is something on a global scale. Did this just happen under the sovereignty of God, or or do you think man manipulated this, whether it has something to do with the trade wars with China or just to get this to America to affect our economy? Well, I, I really believe that God is in control. 
he allowed this. There's nothing happening that's not outside, you know, that, that he doesn't allow. Yes. He says he, the Bible says he lifts up kings and puts them into power and, and, and deposes them and that kind of thing. So God is totally in control at all times, no doubt about it. Uh, I think it's fascinating to me. We I just did some research that, you know, George Soros owns a, one of those pharmaceutical uh, company things right in the middle of Wuhan where this thing started. Um, I, this, that's a fact. And now, whether or not he had anything to do with this or not, I don't know. But um, he is, he's been a really great tool of Satan through the years. And um, with that, since he had that um, there, it would make sense to me that and he hates our America. He hates, he loves America. Mm-hmm. He feels like America's holding up the global, as you call it, the one world government, you know, um, which is where they're going to get. And they will get there. They're going to get there in the tribulation. And uh, I think it, it's it's comforting to me. You talk about comfort. I believe that Jesus gave us a very great uh, description of what it would be like right up until the end of the church age. Um, and I believe that the church age begins with the coming of the Holy Spirit and, and, and ends with the departure of the Holy Spirit. So while the Holy Spirit is on the earth, we have a special time period, and we're living in it. And he said... Jesus said it'll it'll be just like the coming of the, uh, the coming of Jesus Christ second coming Jesus Christ uh, the rapture all of that uh, the ramp up to it will be just like the days of Noah that's what the Bible says just like and then we we defend the Bible we defend the Bible's accuracy word for word and when the Bible says it's going to be just like it was in the days of Noah then we can go back and say okay what was it like right before the days of Noah well it even describes it in the Bible it says that in the days of Noah there was buying and selling there was building there was planting there was food there was social engagements it goes through all of this and it caught everybody by surprise hmm. so the end of the age caught people by surprise it's not going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and then rapture happens you know that's just not what the bible says it's going to catch people by surprise so this thing that we're going through now will i believe we'll get through it i believe we'll come out the other side i believe they will have grabbed more power through it each time you have a um, something that happens they some more uh, has been eroded from our uh, constitutional <laughs> guarantees, you know, um, but that's to be expected. And the, the upside to it is God's allowing and will allow the United States, I believe, to, to be a country like it is all the way through up until this departure from this earth. So um, obviously we trust in God's sovereignty. We know that whatever happens, whether it's created by man or just something just because of sickness and disease due to sin in this earth, that God is allowing it and he can use it. And I believe, as, as you do also, uh, Bill, that the church has a very interesting role right now. I mean, we're here for such a time as this, and people are looking for answers, and it's our job to point them to the truth and the only true hope. You know what? We've we've been practicing for this for yes. all our lives. <laughs> believers, you know, here's our opportunity to shine. We right. have answers. You know, we can point to what counts, what what's stable. You know, what what is uh, what people need. There's a one of our presentations we had back uh, in the '90s was this one called the Chair, and it was by Frank Peretti, and he used a little simple chair on the stage and. It's our most requested uh, DVD through the years of video. And he used his chair to show basically what he was teaching was that everybody needs a fixed point of reference in their life. If you don't, your things are, you don't have any, any, anything to, to be stable. You know, mm-hmm. Your life is stable when you, when you have a fixed point of reference outside of your life. And then his, the, what he was trying to say is that you need God. And people right now that are not Christians um, don't have anything to reach out to because things are upsetting them and, and they're fearful, and so they're making decisions like that. We as believers have a fixed point of reference. We can go to the Bible and say, God is God. He's not going to change. He's there. He's, he's in control. And, and, and the worst-case scenario, uh, we die and go to heaven. I mean, what an incredible yeah, way to live. I know. <laughs> They don't have that, the, no. the non-believers, and they're running from room to room with their hands in the air. Yeah, 
and uh, trying to hoard toilet paper. Hey, we're talking to Bill Perkins of Compass International. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about a couple of his books, Steel on Steel, Volumes 1 and 2, also a new book called The List. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Compass TV. Uh, And then Globalism, a Cashless Society, and America's Openness to Socialism. That's all coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. I'm with Bill Perkins right now, founder of Compass International, Stealing the Mind Conferences, Bible Lands Cruises, and uh, I've got a book in my hand, Volume 1 of Steel on Steel. So much to talk about. But first, Bill, please tell us a little bit about Compass TV, how people can tune in and uh, get connected. Well, we um, have been saving through the years from all these conferences. We would, uh, because I, as I mentioned, I started a couple of TV stations. I understood the value of a, of a videotape and preserving it. And we, we started with... Um, back in the very beginning, saving all of our conference material. So, you know, when Hal Lindsey spoke in, in 1993, you know, we we got that DVD, you know. Wow. <laughs> so we, we've got hundreds and hundreds of these things that are, what I would say, timeless. Now, some of them, uh, like when we had a couple of speakers on Y2K back in those days, you know, and so those are not usable today, but, but the ones, most of them, 80% of them, 90% of them, were, are timeless because you're dealing with the Bible, and the Bible is timeless. And if, if it's a biblical truth, it's always true. You know, it doesn't change. So with all this teaching that we've had through the years, we've saved these things. And so we look, we kind of looked at the way everything was going, and, and our what we used to do was sell DVDs and you know, through our website, our conferences, stuff like that. And people are just changing. Mm. They're changing to streaming. That's yes. the new thing. So, so we're kind of trying to change with it, and uh, we just changed our website at compass.org where you can go and click on Compass TV. And every week we put up a new program, a new video from the past, and that that will be uh, armor for you know for for Christians, something that will they'll learn from it. And and these are conference presentations, so they're really quite good. You know, they're not sermons or anything. These are these are usually given to as many as two thousand people at a time. You know, and and, and recorded that way with a, with all of their PowerPoint slides and this kind of thing mixed in. So we've got these um, programs and every, every, we just put up a new one yesterday for this weekend. And, and every week we put up a new one and then we have about, we threw up about 40 of them, 50 of them uh, on the website at Compass TV that you can also one click stream. You know, you don't have to download it. You don't have to wow. click it. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your tablet, computer, if you want to hook it up to your TV, if you're that advanced in your abilities, you know, to, to uh, make your TV, the, the, the digital TV, part of a computer uh, screen and that kind of thing, uh, with a cord, you can do that. So every week we do a new TV uh, show, and we call it Compass TV. I have to tell you, this this was a very difficult week for me because I'm, I decided we needed to make it a little more personal. I try to introduce each of these DVDs. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was a... It took me about an hour to make a, a one-minute intro, you know, <laughs> this week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, because I'm not, a, you know, just a guy just like you are, you know. And we're not – you compare yourself to what you see on television who are professionals. And yeah. I'm even thinking maybe I should get a professional to do this, but I can't afford it. <laughs> so, so I had to do it myself, and it's kind of funny. Well, if you, if you need any help in the future, Bill, give me a holler. I'd love to be a, be a part of that. Hey, I see the recent one you put up with uh, Dr. Andy Woods called Chaos in the Church, and we're, uh, wow. he'll be on uh, Stand Up for the Truth next week. But um, the church is also adapting with church services in most states across the country being limited. They say, actually, you can't have a church service with 10 people or less. Well, actually, you could. <laughs> you could have a home church. But um, a lot of the bigger churches, whether it's a mega church or not, if you've got hundreds of people, they're going to be using these resources to stream online. So I want to direct people, if you want to get some good uh, programming, Compass TV, um, compass.org slash TV. But another transition here I want to make here into this book under the chapter uh, 10, Unmistakable Signs That We Are In The Last Days. Number four, you have a cashless society. And a lot of people already have 
given. I mean, they they pretty much use their debit cards and credit cards all the time. And uh, Spike, our border operator here, was just saying that he went to a restaurant yesterday and, and he gave this woman cash and she kind of very uh, he- hesitantly touched the money and was like apprehensive about touching it and taking it like full grasp. And a lot of people are using debit cards. And this is something that the Bible talks about, doesn't it? A cashless society? Oh, absolutely. It's very clear during the tribulation, um, after post-rapture, there will very quickly become a time that you cannot even uh, buy or sell unless you're connected into the system. There's no way that you can move around, you can't eat, you can't get food, you can't do anything unless you're in the system. And if you get in the system, if you get the mark that allows you to be in the system, the Bible says you split the gates of hell open, wide open for eternity. Mm. So it becomes in the tribulation a very clear choice between God or Satan. And and it's it's going to be different than it is today where things are, you know, are allowed. God allows the church in so many choices and people can't tell what's true and what's not true but you'll have a very clear um, between satan and god in the tribulation and it says that millions and millions will die from starvation from the heat from all the elements that's coming on the earth because they would not get in the system they recognized that this was uh, you know part of the they we we call that a, the the ultimate cashless society because there is no money mm. now as we get closer to this tribulation time that's coming up in the near future the seven year tribulation where God goes back to dealing with Israel and Israel will be raised up and all of these things we, it, we're going to see the things move into the things that we're going to be in the tribulation such as a cashless society and think about it today just as you said the the dirtiest thing you've got all over the place is money. Everybody yeah. touches it. Exactly. You know, yeah. I was talking to a banker yesterday, you know, and he said, we got to do something. He said, we, we got tellers that don't want to work, you know, mm, <laughs> they, wow. because people are coming up, you know, and giving them the stuff that who knows what's been with it. And so they'll use things like this to take over uh, more power just through all the different times um, through the, in the last 50 years, you see more and more uh, control taken away from us as American citizens uh, through different reasons, you know, just like the 911, you know, they, they made a big power grab then. We lost a lot there. Some mm. of that's being exposed by Trump, but but it's just going to be temporary, and they're going to come back again. I mean, this Trump thing is just a reprieve. It's just a temporary reprieve before we get back on this bandwagon of headed toward a one-world government. And the United States, as far as the world is concerned, is is a problem because they won't get in line. (laughs) We're we're Americans. We have our rights. We have our Constitution. We have our guns. We have what we we know that are God-given rights. And and so um, we're a problem to all of them. So when they see a way to, to torpedo America, even if it means taking down the whole world, they would do it Jeez. in a heartbeat. Amazing. And Israel, too, is a problem for the globalists, right? Uh, to an extent, um, it is. But God basically has Israel right where he wants them. And, mm. and they're over there. They, you know, it's so interesting. They export food every day. They, they have so much extra food. They're flying it to Europe, wow. uh, vegetables and things like that every day on these flights. They have oil. They have gas. They're, they're become energy independent. Uh, and, and basically, one of the things that you see when you read uh, Ezekiel um, 37 and 38, uh, this after during the invasion of uh, right after rapture, there's an invasion into Israel and and from Russia and some other nations Iran, um, called Persia in the Bible, but it's, it's Iran. Uh, Persia in 1932 called uh, changed its name to Iran. But anyway, the point is is that when these nations come in and all and 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 God protects Israel. It says that the world sees that God protects Israel. Mm. And that's fascinating. He says, yes. I, I'm doing this to make my known, my, I'm not going to be quiet anymore. You know, for, for 2,500 years, God's been pretty quiet. I, I mean, uh, Jesus came to the earth and he did his thing, but it wasn't very loud or showy or anything. And, and of course, God's not showy, but I mean, it's not like the parting the Red Sea and stuff like that. But when, when, after rapture, he will become very visible, and he's going to be. Think about this: there's going to be ultimately an earthquake on the planet that flattens the mountains. 
Now, you think that's going to make a statement? Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, good grief. God says, I will be silent no longer. And, and during the tribulation, you'll have that choice between following Satan and getting temporary food or following God and getting eternal peace, you know. So it's going to be pretty pretty interesting time. Amen. I'm glad I'm, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> yeah, in the book Steel on Steel, Volume 1, you talk about Israel as being a world problem, and you quote Zechariah 12, 3, which says, It will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. So that paints yep. a pretty clear picture of what uh, the the environment, the, the world is going to be like at that time. Yep. And God's protection of Israel. If you try to mess with her, huh. you pay for it. You yep. look, if, when we go to Israel, we take our trips. Jerusalem, Israel, Galilee, all of it is just like the United States. You have cities and lights. In fact, you wouldn't know that you were in any place else in the United States except for the Hebrew lettering in most of the places. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just it's just that advanced. But around it, the nations around it, you go across the border into any of the other nations, and you're in a third world country because they've been after and hammering Israel, <laughs> doing everything wow. they can to hurt Israel. Yeah. And uh, yes, the Bible says that's, you do that to your own demise. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we're speaking with Bill Perkins, founder of Compass International, and we've got a couple books here to talk about, Steel on Steel, Volume 1 and 2. Before we get into I want to talk about uh, in uh, Volume 2, Book 2, uh, you've got some information on the Bible and capitalism, and I want to talk to you about uh, the increase of actually acceptance to socialism here in America. But tell us a little bit about the book you have called The List, and that's uh, brand new, isn't it? Yes. we. Um, you know, God had just kind of given me a story. I've been to Israel. This is I'm coming up on something like 62 times wow. you know, taking groups to Israel. And, and so you learn a lot about the land and all that, and it really ties your Bible together. And, and you, I got this kind of story that God gave, I think God gave it to me, and about these, these two rich and powerful Jews that were uh, at the time of Jesus. They were in this, high up in the Sanhedrin. One was Nicodemus, and one was Joseph of Arimathea. And, and they're watching Jesus come on the scene and doing all these miracles, and they're scratching their heads going, good grief, what is this? And, and, and finally they, they realized through studying their scriptures, one of them was a kind of a prophecy guy. The Bible says there were prophecy nuts back in the time of Christ, which is which made my heart warm, you know, <laughs> to read that kind of stuff, But because I'm kind of a prophecy nut. And anyway, the, these two guys start making a list of all the prophecies that um, are, are that Jesus is fulfilling, and they are just dumbfounded, and they realize he's the Messiah, but they can't tell anybody, because uh-huh. if in the Sanhedrin, you know, they'd be kicked out, they'd lose their money, their power, their wives, you know, the whole thing would just be a disaster. So they became secret believers. And so this, it's a story about these two guys, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, that are in the Bible, and we just kind of brought them to life. And Interesting. people have just reacted amazingly to that book. They are just coming out of their shoes. I don't read fiction, much less write it, but I had this story, so I found a guy that was an incredible Christian, and he'd been to Israel seven or eight times, and so he understood what I was talking about and where I wanted him to go and this thing. So we met every week for almost a year to put this book together, wow. and we did, and, and it's been this, and people just have, if you, uh, proof in the pudding, if you go to uh, Amazon.com and you click on the list and then you look at the reviews. We've got over 100 reviews. They're all fives. <laughs> and wow. people just pour their heart out reading it. They're like, wow, this is changing. Blah, blah. So we're, we're real happy that God uses it and, and kind of gives people a little insight into Israel, you know, of what it would be like at the time of Christ. Yeah. Um, Josh McDowell, um, many of our listeners know who he is. He said the greatest story ever from a new perspective. He said, beautifully written and biblically sound. It will touch your heart and challenge your mind. So I've got it in my hand. I'm looking forward to diving into that. I was too busy getting into the Steel on Steel books, but now I've got The List, which is uh, by Bill Perkins and Buck Storm. Um, Bill, we want to talk a little bit about the increase in, um, I guess, acceptance of, of socialism in America. And we know the public school, the government-run schools have a lot to do with that. But uh, one writer, David Kupelian, said the Bolshevik revolution is here, and he's talking about the ascendancy of Bernie Sanders. Now, it doesn't look like Sanders is going to last much longer as in the Democrat race for nomination for president. It looks like uh, Biden 
is going to take care of, of that. But I want to get your take on that. This would never would have happened 10 or 20 years ago where one of the major parties in America would accept someone like a Bernie Sanders. I'd love for you to just share your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's sort of the frog in the, in the water boiling. You know, it's slowly boiling. It started, they got control of our schools, uh, and we Christians did nothing. You know, it's just like, like at the schools, I got control of the Supreme Court for a while, you know, and the abortion, all those things. It's it's unbiblical things. So the Bible is very big on capitalism. It's that you work hard, you get paid for it. And it, it, the God even says in the Bible, uh, work hard and and trust me, and I will show you how to make a profit. That's what it says, P-R-O-F-I-T, not profit like <laughs> the future. Uh, so, so God is pro-capitalism. He's like, you work hard, you reap the benefits from it. That's why Jewish people through years and years and years have been very successful. They work hard. They, they apply biblical pr- principles, <clears throat> you know, not, not overcharging people, you know, not gouging people, that kind of stuff. Work hard, good products, good everything about it that, that you can think of. And, and you look at the successful people, you look at successful companies, and they all use biblical principles. If you get away from those, you see them, that those people fail. You know, So what's the opposite of that? Well, Satan's going to take over the earth in maybe the not-too-distant future, and there is not going to be that option. Everybody is going to have to do what one person says, and he will decide worldwide now that's even beyond communism beyond fascism you know, mm. there, it's the it's the one world ruler type thing now what are we what are we watching now as we're seeing a movement to that now you said bernie sanders kind of petered out but each time they make more i mean he's gotten uh almost half the delegates yes. to the democratic convention you know i think truly so if you did a, a true survey, now you have a lot of fault surveys going on out there, mm-hmm. but a true survey, only about 15% of the United States public truly believe everything the Democrats are, you know, the, between no borders, uh, uh, abortion, um, you know, everybody making the same amount of money, and all, all, big government, all, all this stuff. There's not that many people that support it. But each year and each pandemic and each time you get more inroads into this, and ultimately it will get to that. But I believe we will remain a capitalistic nation until rapture. That, that's just my belief. Mm-hmm. I think we've still got probably 10 years or more, you know, before we're going to get really serious that, that we're coming to the end of this church age. And and in that time, I believe the United States will become will, will remain a, uh, a a country that is being used by God as the what the Bible calls the military hammer of the world. It, it calls the United States the the um, nation that has um, ambassadors all over the world. It's a it's a country that that affects people. You know, the monetary financial system is controlled from from this country all over the world. There's one of the things, uh, United States and Bible prophecy, that's in this book, I forget which book it is, I can't remember if it's one or two, but, um, but it's in there. It gives 23 reasons that the, that the United States is in the Bible. There's 23 characteristics of the United States that nobody else can, you know, it says it's a nation bordered by many waters, for instance, you know. Now, it's a nation that takes space shots. Now, I mean, how many huh. nations, you know, it's the, the military hammer of the world. It's the, one of the two superpowers in the end times, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's just fascinating. You, you look at that, you look at those things, and you, it's hard to say that the United States is not in the Bible. It's not easily seen. I mean, you've you got to dig a little bit, but it's there, and I've listed it out. And, Interesting. And, uh, I wonder, I mean, I'm going to scan my... I can see which one of my books it was in. <laughs> well, Steel on Steel, one and two, I highly recommend them. Uh, so much great information in there, s- packed with scriptures and application and how uh, different things are going on in our world and our country. But um, we got to just tease this real quick, the basis of biblical capitalism, and you talk about the U.S. social program quagmire. But before I let you go, Bill, um, please let us know how people can get a hold of the Good Morning Lord, the mini Bible study for the day, right in people's inbox via email. They can get that from Compass International. Yeah, Compass.org. We have a, an email that goes out Monday to Friday. It's very conservative, it, but it defends the accuracy of the Bible. 
and it makes application to your daily life as you walk through this world. And it's free. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we have tens of thousands of people that get it every day, and and um, we've been doing it for gosh about twenty years now. So. Thank you so much. We're going to put the uh, links to your books and Compass and Compass TV all in today's podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Bill Perkins, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. God bless you. Keep fighting the good fight of faith, brother. Thank you, sir. Good talking to you, Dad. Thank you. Same here. Thank you. Uh, wow, just so much. Uh, it's so refreshing to me to talk to uh, people, the founders of other ministries that have been around for decades that are doing the work that uh, so many Christians don't seem to want to do today, but there are so many great speakers, and uh, like I said, we'll have more of them on here on Stand Up For The Truth. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what we can look at as far as maybe speculate a little bit on the increase of socialism here, the coronavirus, how that might affect our lifestyles. It already has to some degree. How much more? We'll talk about that when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. I'm just holding in my hand yesterday's email from Compass International. Uh, good morning, Lord. It's a daily thought, daily devotion every day. Verse of the day yesterday was 1 John 1.8. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. And the thought for the day basically is, hey, even though we are believers, we still sin. Um, the mini Bible study is in there. It's got Jeremiah 17, 9. The, the cause, the reason, the heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. And then Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the question for the day, is there any scriptural basis? Actually, they also have a Q&A at the end of that. Is there any scriptural basis for believing that loved ones who have died and have gone to heaven are looking down upon us and seeing what we are doing on this earth. So it's very interesting. you got, you got the verses of the day, the thought for the day, the morning email from compass.org, if you sign up for that. And then there's a Q&A. And, and the answer is the only verse we can find that comes even close is the revelation where martyrs for the Lord are apparently watching the earth and questioning how long before God avenges they're being slain for their testimony. I just want to read you that since I brought it up. Revelation 6, 9 through 11. I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And there was given to each of them a white robe and they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, should be completed also. So whether or not we are included in the uh, righteous, uh, righteousness is not clear. But if you're concerned, maybe you're thinking if your relative, someone you know, friend, mother, father, uh, has passed away, is now looking down and seeing your uh, walk with the Lord, <laughs> or maybe being concerned or bothered by your sin, that's probably not the case. They are not looking down on you, um, at least in, in most of the things that I've read from that uh, biblical perspective. So now, shifting gears now, what I was talking with Bill Perkins about, the increase of socialism, does that have anything to do with the, the people that are pushing globalism in a one-world uh, government? Yes, it does. Uh, how connected are they? Well, that's... Uh, Books have been written on that topic. But in this article by David Capellian, he says, here's a pop quiz. See if you can tell me who recently said this. Quote, socialism is a common sense path to a fairer, more prosperous, and more democratic USA. If you guessed Bernie Sanders or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you're really close. It's the Communist Party USA. Isn't that interesting? So the language that socialists in America are using is practically the same as the Communist Party USA. Very interesting. Oh, but he's a democratic socialist. Oh, okay, that makes it better. Come on, you guys. Think. Oh, my goodness. Um, I do want to get to this article. How much time do I have? Yes, I can do this. I do want to get to this article called 
Uh, this is from the Washington Times. Um, Charlotte Pence Bond wrote, Americans come together to defend the nation. And it's not talking about 9-11. It's talking about against the coronavirus outbreak. Americans know how to rally against an enemy. She writes, Our nation was established on the principle that nothing can break us. No force is strong enough to withstand our undying fervor to preserve freedom and enjoy the lives that we choose to lead. Once again, Americans are coming under or coming together to defend the nation against a common threat. We did it almost 20 years ago after the attacks on September 11, and we grew up hearing the stories of the bond forever forged in the hearts of our ancestors when they came together after the attacks on Pearl Harbor. Well, the greatest generation of Americans helped raise us. They taught our parents and took care of us when we were innocent and needed it most. They instilled a fight in our blood that propels us onward and led us to where we are today. Some of them might not be able to fight for themselves, and it's our turn to protect them. And we know just how to do it because of the example they left for us to follow. In the last few weeks, we've seen Americans come together in all walks of life. We have a common adversary once again. And while it is no minor foe, it's no match for the power of the American will. And I will parenthetically insert it's no match for Almighty God. And his sovereignty, though, what's going to happen? We don't know. But she says American industries are working together. The different avenues of business, government, culture, they're moving into a rhythm that, although unprecedented in the current situation of a worldwide pandemic, isn't actually all that surprising. Businesses have been instructed to direct resources to the healthcare industry. Pharmaceutical companies have been called in to help combat the crisis, while tech companies such as Google have been enlisted to create a website that will allow millions of Americans to understand their health choices and hopefully provide a sense of calm when assessing their symptoms. The Pentagon will provide millions of respirators to civilians, and the military is on the move to open up labs for testing. As small businesses fear what a city shutdown could do to their livelihood, Americans have made widespread suggestions on social media about ways in which to help these establishments survive, namely by buying gift cards to use later or ordering delivery and takeout from small restaurants and cafes that are still open, maybe those who have drive-through windows, you can drive up and order um, but delivery, takeout, gift cards, great ideas. This is where Americans come together and try to help those who are hurting the most. And isn't that what Christians should do? Ooh, that falls under loving our neighbor, doesn't it? Large companies are working together, but we are also seeing Americans come alongside one another day to day. Think about the elderly. What about these uh, the old folks in the homes? They can't have visitors now. Easter's coming up. How about going old-fashioned and right an Easter card to someone in a nursing home, maybe someone who doesn't have family. They can't go there. Maybe family is not allowed to visit. There's going to be restrictions there as well. So whether it's posting daily quarantine schedules to aid in maintaining mental health or letting someone cut in front of them in line at the grocery store, although the lines are a lot smaller these days, I've seen people move in ways they haven't in a while. Now, some are selfish and hoarding and doing, it's looking out for number one. But we also have to open our eyes and look at the good things. Strangers are actually talking to one another about this coronavirus. Eye contact, my goodness, conversation. We're even smiling at one another unless you're in New York City (laughs) or Chicago. (laughs) Knowing exactly what's on the other person's mind. People are taking an interest in their fellow man and woman like asking the construction worker how he's been affected or the gas station attendant or uh, the person at the store you frequently uh, go to or sharing links online, social media, virtual zoo tours that'll entertain children at home and different things you can do. Um, We're rediscovering our shared humanity. And this part of this is a good thing. The American economy and the markets will recover for now. We can rest in the knowledge that the toughest of the American spirit, the toughness, the toughness of the American spirit is not only back, it never left. These are the times that it just comes out and we see it more. 
when our backs are, are, are against the wall, so to speak. That's um, over in the Washington Times. And I'll put that in today's podcast notes. Um, one more devotional thought here. I've got two minutes left. Um, Matthew 6.27 says, Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit unto his stature? The best thing you can say about worry, it does no good. <laughs> the worst thing, it does much harm. I'm reminded of a little lady who said, Don't tell me worry doesn't do any good. Most of the things I worry about never happen. <laughs> but worse than that, it's an expression of unbelief. Do we trust in the Lord with all our heart or do we not? Worry, that's an expression of our lack of faith in God. Do you know him? Do you know his word? It reveals, worry reveals, that we are not trusting him at that moment for the thing we are worried about. Worry affects our health. It can make us more susceptible to sickness and disease. That is proven in the medical, the scientific communities. Worry is absolutely useless. It doesn't cure any problems. It doesn't lift any burdens. It doesn't wipe away any tears. It never has. It never can. It never will. Worry can make you, it can't make you taller, shorter, fatter, thinner. It is so senseless and therefore useless. But even worse, if we're honest, it is faithless. Worry is just the opposite of faith. And as we have been sharing scriptures throughout the week here, um, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When we come back, we'll talk about tomorrow's guest on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Oh, guys, thank you so much for uh, sharing our podcast. We are seeing a little bit of increase in traffic on our website, so we appreciate that. So over at StandUpForTheTruth.com, um, we posted a blog yesterday called God or Government? And is the media stoking coronavirus chaos? We'd love for you to check that out. There's a video also, God or Government. Um, Tomorrow, we are talking about the increase of big government and how that's affecting our nation and how so quickly things have changed, affecting our lifestyles and even our choices. But is it affecting our freedom? Has it crossed that line when it comes to telling you who you can gather, how many can gather, where you can, where you can't go? Tomorrow, Pastor Randy White will be on the program. We're going to be talking about that specific topic. I'm also excited to have Elijah Abraham back with us on Monday. He's had, please pray for him, some back and neck issues, nerve issues. Maybe uh, he had a shot. He's still having some pain. But he's flying out, I believe, the very next day, next week, Tuesday, over um, the Middle East. or I don't remember where he's heading out, but he's going to train some more pastors. So tomorrow, Randy White, Monday, Elijah Abraham. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. And again, please share on social media. And remember, fear not. God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.